Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Christian Shu from Nobly West. Welcome, Christian. Thank you for having me, Rama. Sure, sure. Thank you very much, Christian. A little bit about Christian, former R&D product research scientist in the food and beverage industry turned real estate investor focusing on multifamily properties, looking to connect with other active and passive investors, brokers, lenders, and professionals in the real estate industry. So with that, Christine, you want to add anything to your background? Uh, yeah. So you, I think you touched on it. Former corporate person. I think most people are uh, from the corporate life and then moved into real estate investing. Um, it's really gaining a lot more freedom and and wealth as well, generational wealth through investing in real estate. So thanks, thanks again for having me. I'm really excited to be on your show. Sure. Thank you very much. And share me a little bit more about how you how you get into real estate and multifamily. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I started back in around September of 2020. I was educating myself about real estate since 2019, just making the uh, the plans to resign from my job and pursue investing in real estate full time. And um, yeah, I started off uh, probably as most people do in the single families and uh, did the birth strategy. There's a lot of great benefits with the birth strategy because you're just taking um, a pot of capital and just recycling it again and acquiring real estate through that same uh, pot of funds. And so it it's great. Um, and there is scalability to it to a degree but you are still doing it one property at a time. And so I think from the beginning, I was exploring that. I really wanted to learn how to um, invest in real estate from start to finish and that just really understand the process on my own. Uh, and that's why I went to the single family is kind of my practice ground. But I had my eyes set on multifamily and on syndications from the very beginning. Just being a new investor was pretty daunting just to jump right in. Although it's very possible, I think with the right mentors and coaches, you can definitely do and be very successful at it. But for me, I just really wanted to understand all the nitty gritties. I wanted to make mistakes because for me, I learned by doing and I also learned by making mistakes. And uh, I was able to do that by kind of working with the smaller deals first. So that's kind of how I started in real estate. And I moved into uh, multifamily recently, probably within the last year or so. I didn't want to stay in the single family space too long. I just, you know, wanted to learn what I needed to know and, and then kind of move on. And so that's that's what I've been doing now and focusing more on um, partnering with the bigger syndicators and, and uh, yeah, just learning from them as well. Awesome. And so would you share any one, you know, best practice or best technique you have implemented uh, during uh, Burr method? Yeah. Uh, so with the Burr method, I think 2020, the market was starting to uh, to grow and go up, like prices were going up. It was really starting to get really hard to find a good deal. And this was later in 2020. I think, I think early 2020, like at the start of the pandemic, there was just a lot of unknowns. You probably could have gotten really great deals at that time. Um, but then as people were moving around a lot and driving up values, um, it was getting harder to find a good deal. So with the Burr strategy, it's a little bit harder now 
now, just because we're still, things are coming down, they're cooling down now, but we're still kind of um, pretty high in the market. Really is just building in the right contingencies. Some of the mistakes that I've faced were, you know, rehabs going a lot higher than I expected. Some of my appraisals were not quite where I thought they would be. And uh, this, I was investing in Philadelphia. So really Philadelphia is all over the place. You can have really good um, high values versus just one block over. It's like very low and just a little bit more distressed. So it's kind of, it's, it was a little bit difficult for me to really, um, really know like some of these things, even though I thought I was prepared just by market, market by market, it, it tends to be a little different. So I think the biggest advice I would give is really just to uh, to build in ample contingencies all across the board with every step uh, in the burr process. Got it. And and also you mentioned uh, you're uh, now focusing on multifamily side. I guess you're focusing both active side and also passive side simultaneously. And also, would you share what is the advantage of it? investing passive and actively simultaneously into multifamily space. Yeah, in the multifamily space, I, I feel like it's such a close-knit network. Everyone tends to know one another. And I feel like if you just know one person, you know everyone because is, everyone is so well-connected. So there's so many advantages of investing both actively and passively. One, you get to learn from others because every syndication group, every operator runs their show a little bit differently. So for a new investor, I'm, I consider myself a newer um, active investor in the multifamily space. It's great to also invest passively uh, so that you can learn kind of how people operate, how they communicate with their investors, how they uh, approach acquisitions and tap into their networks that way. And I feel like the easy way, easiest way to bring value to some of these operators, because they're so busy, unless if you join a mentorship program or a coaching program that is specifically tailored to them spending time with you, they're not going to have the time because they're out there finding deals. And that's it takes a lot of work to do that. So I think the, the easiest way for a new investor to learn and to really rub shoulders with the best of the best is to invest passively first. And that opens the door to their investor relations teams, sometimes to the operators themselves, where you can ask them questions, deal specific questions, or even just operational questions on how they do things and why they do things a certain way. So that's kind of how I started. When I was first doing uh, the birth strategy on the singles, I was also investing passively. And there was a lot of benefits to doing that because I, from the active side, I qualified as a real estate professional. Uh, and I still do being an active syndicator. Definitely, I'm not a CPA. So I want to caveat, please talk to your CPA uh, for guidance on this. But as a real estate professional, um, you, you get a lot of advantages to both investing actively and passively. And I think the passive investments are almost like a bonus to some of the benefits that you get from real estate uh, from things like uh, tax tax savings and tax benefits. Yeah, got it. So would you share any like one or multiple strategies or techniques uh, you uh, experiences you learn from experienced operators and implemented you in your deals as an active investor? Yeah. So, I mean, I learned uh, from one of the top syndicators that, you know, everything comes down to communication and investor experience. So when my uh, partner, my business partner, Margaret, and I started Noblyvest, 
we really wanted to make that the foundation of our company is that we are focusing on building the best experience for our investors. And we want to treat them like family. We also want to make sure that communication is open. So we send out monthly newsletters. We have a drip campaign uh, for all of our new investors coming in that educates them. So we we send them um, different topics that a new investor would ask. And from us being passive investors as well, we kind of know what questions that questions a passive investor would ask because those were the questions that we were asking when we first started. So we want to make sure, you know, giving away large chunks of money is scary. Uh, as a new passive investor, it is a scary thing. And I, I was definitely scared when I wired my first 50,000 to, to an, um, a syndicator, like, oh, am I ever going to see this money again? Is this for real? There's always a little bit of that doubt And so we want to make sure that our investors coming into our network um, and into our investor club are going to be fully comfortable with their investments. And we want to even sometimes deals don't issue distributions right away because they're value add. It might take some time to stabilize the property, could take six to nine months. Um, And we want to make sure that they're continuing, continually brought up to speed on what is going on with the property. So we send them, uh, depending on the property and how, how much of a heavy lift it is, we send them monthly or quarterly updates on the property so that they can almost feel like they're a part of the process, even though they don't have to, uh, you know, be there physically and swing hammers to do the renovations. But that's, I feel like that's been really important to us in building the optimal investor experience. Got it. Cool. As an active investor, uh, what, what is your business model or business strategy? Yeah. So right now um, we're still fairly new just within the last year or so. Um, We are starting out being co-general partners uh, with bigger syndicators. And it's definitely possible for you to jump right in and be operators yourself with the right direction of, um, you know, a mentor or coach. But we want to take things slow. And I think just at least for me, where I am in my current life, I have very young children. I'm limited by not being able to travel to you know different places to meet with brokers or look at properties and do walkthroughs. I live in New York, uh, which is not really the ideal place to invest. And I invest in the South and the Sunbelt regions. So uh, for me, it's it's partnering with the people who can be boots on the ground and also who have more experience. And I help by, you know, raising capital or help with asset management and marketing, kind of just be part of a team of, of their team to help bring value where they, you know, need the help. And uh, that's that's kind of where we're starting as Nobly Vest. Eventually down the road, uh, who knows, maybe when the kids are a little bit older and I have some more free time, you know, we may consider being operators ourselves. Got it. Uh, what's your process of uh, selecting experienced partners? Yeah. So uh, for me personally, I always want to invest with them passively first before I work with them and bring my investors into their deals. I think that's really important to me because I want to see their process entirely. Um, And so that I know how they run, I can see their returns because the returns are coming to me as a passive investor. And I could see what happens if, you know, they're kind of not, if they're dropping the ball a little bit, like, you know, I, I want to experience that first before I bring my investors in. Uh, so that's kind of one way that I vet 
and interview um, our partners and our sponsors that we work with. Also, we do, you know, we have, um, it's like an interview process and it, it goes both ways too, because I think from an operator standpoint, they want to make sure that people coming in as co-GBs are in line to their values and to their working style. So it's a two-way interview process pretty much. And it takes some time to get to know each other. So we don't jump in right away to work with someone. We, we keep the dialogue open. We also, you know, have a list of questions that we ask them. We ask for a resume and we do background check. So those are things that we we typically do before we bring in our, in our investors into their deals. And did, did you face any bad experiences in that area? Uh, I want to say that I'm very fortunate so far that I haven't had very bad experiences where, you know, we've had to have capital calls or things and deals have gone south. So I'm very blessed by that. Um, I think maybe for one deal, the worst thing that happened as a passive investor was that they stopped paying distributions. But that that was kind of Cinderella's story because at the end of the day, they ended up selling the property. Or actually, still under contract right now, but they, they found a buyer for this property just within seven or eight months. So, <laughs> um, you know, that, that was definitely a deal that redeemed itself, even though they stopped paying distributions. Um, you know, another thing, I guess another experience is maybe the communication was lacking a little bit. This was a company that was very aggressive in acquisitions in the past year. So, um, you know, as you <laughs> as you pick up more properties, I feel like you need to hire more people to make sure that you are taking care of your investors. But they were very focused on acquisitions. So I, I understand. And it, it helps to be an investor myself because I can, I'm, I can justify what's going on, but it doesn't it's not an excuse. It's, I understand what's going on when things get too busy. Like you're bringing in new properties into the portfolio. Sometimes it's harder to communicate. Um, but you know, that's something that I look at and something that I consider before I bring in my investors to those deals. Got it. So what's your take on current market situation? How, how do you see? Uh, yeah. So I think in commercial real estate and in multifamily, this is just what I gather, my opinion. So, um, you know, definitely don't take this, <laughs> take my word for this 100%. But based on my research and my understanding, because we are tracking trends uh, in the market very closely, um, I think everyone is still fairly optimistic that, uh, especially multifamily, is very stable. Uh, it's probably one of the most stable assets, even within real estate, because people always need a place to live. People will always rent. Uh, and especially so if you're looking at markets that are growing, um, both economically as well as population wise, I don't think there's going to be an issue with multifamily. Really, the only concerns are uh, where debt is going, because the cost of debt is, of course, going up with higher interest rates. Um, it's making sure that, you know, you're accounting for that in your um, underwriting. And also, you know, with rate caps and other things, there's different measures that you can take to be prepared for these kinds of things. So, I mean, from a no Vest standpoint, from my standpoint, we're still very optimistic. And also because, of course, it's across the board, debt is expensive. Um, I feel like home values, so single family homes for people who are in the market to buy uh, their primary homes, the values are not coming down fast enough and the, the rates are going up very high and very quickly. So I feel like it's people are going to not be able to afford to buy a home. And for at least in the near, near term, in the next couple of years, people will be renting more. So that's kind of what I see. 
Um, we, you know, some of the risks that we, that I mentioned, we're taking account, um, but we are still very optimistic and bullish in the multifamily space. Got it, got it, yeah. Thank you for sharing your point of view. So would you share any best multifamily uh, experience as a passive investor or uh, active investor? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really fun and it's really neat to just tie both the active and the passive perspectives because when you're active, I feel like you understand more what happens behind the scenes. And so it makes you a better LP investor. <laughs> and then also for me, um, for someone who works with investors in investor relations and raising capital, it helps me fully understand the perspective of the passive investor as well as the active um, operators. And that really helps balance uh, you know, that perception and that understanding. It makes it easier to answer questions to the passive investors if they have it. It makes it better for us and more well-educated to, uh, to bring value and to teach and educate about investing in syndications to our passive investors because we understand both sides. And we're always, we consider ourselves a passive investor first, and we really want to put our investors first and their well interests or their their interests first as well. Yeah, totally makes sense. Thank you. And what is your current focus, Christian? Yeah, so I think within Noblevest, this quarter has been really busy. We've had three deals. And even within this, this quarter, we had our first deal, our first, you know, major deal. So we're focusing on diversifying, actually. You know, our bread and butter was always multifamily, but we're looking at other things like we're looking at um, potentially built to rent. Right now we have a fund for short-term rentals. Uh, so we're looking at other, other asset classes and other approaches and strategies because, you know, as, as we all know, with the uh, rising interest rates, I think the cash flow side of multifamily is a little bit lower now. And for those investors within our network who are looking for cash flow, we're definitely exploring other opportunities that will, um, you know, achieve those higher um, cash on cash returns. So we're diversifying our approaches in our portfolios. We're looking at other alternative assets and even exploring spaces outside of just real estate. Uh, but that's, it's still fairly new. Um, right now it's just in conception, but we're, we're definitely looking at the markets. Got it. Got it. So both are like built to rent and uh, short-term rentals, both are good options. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Uh, yes. Um, so being a mom, a mom of two very young kids and also a mom of a child with disabilities, I think it takes a lot of discipline to, to balance being an investor, a business owner and entrepreneur and, you know, being a mom and a wife at home. So it's, it's a huge balance, but I feel like the most important thing is I have to take care of myself first. So I have to make sure that I'm getting enough rest, that I'm getting enough nourishment through, you know, water and, and good, um, healthy foods and getting enough exercise because, you know, I feel like us as human beings, we're like machines, right? The machines to, in order to run properly, you have to make sure it goes through maintenance checks and it takes time to do that. It also takes uh, investment costs to do that. So really, it's really important to invest in ourselves and to take care of our bodies and our minds uh, to always be fueling it 
you know, with the right things in order to run properly so that we can balance all the things that we have to do and, and keep all the balls in the air. So I think for me, it's, it's really, it's a holistic approach. It's keeping myself healthy, keeping my mind um, refreshed so that I can be, uh, you know, the best that I can be for my business and also at home for my kids and my family. Okay. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Yes. Um, so one of the books that really made an impact on me in the last year was the book called Who Not How. Um, and I think it is a popular book within the real estate space, but it's it's a really good one because a lot of times we're asking, we don't have the, ex- or at least I am, I'm asking like, I don't have the experience. I don't know how to do this. Um, you know, how how do I get to where I want to be in my goals um, effectively. But I felt like after reading that book, I realized that I was asking the wrong question. It's not how, but it's who can bring me there. So in um, in the space that we're operating in within real estate, there's so many people who are doing very high level things. And it's I think we're blessed that our, our circles and our networks are so small and uh, people are so accessible that a lot of times if we don't know how to do something or we don't have the experience, we can very easily, and now with with the virtual world, we can very easily leverage those who do have the experience who can bring us to the next level um, very quickly even. So, you know, I I've that book changed my life. It changed my perspective and mindset is to ask not how do I do something, but who can bring me there um, faster and more effectively than just me figuring it out by myself. Yeah, that's an awesome concept by Dan Sullivan. Yeah, who yes, knows how that's right. Awesome concept, yeah. And how can listeners can connect with you, Christian? Yes, uh, so you can find me on our website at noblyvest.com. It's spelled N-O-B-L-I-V-E-S-T.com. And um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. Um, so definitely connect with me on LinkedIn, Christine Shu, spelled H-S-U. Uh, look for me and, you know, I'm happy to connect anytime and would love to have a conversation with you if you have any questions. Awesome. And thank you very much, Christine. Thank you for sharing, you know, power of uh, investing actively and passively simultaneously and also sharing your best and challenging experiences as LP and uh, Act Investor. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next time. Thank you.